looking at mm. social media, having a camera talking straight into the camera is uh, the only variation you'll be getting from that is the spoken word, right? Start changing mm. your facial expressions. There's a little bit more uh, attention coming out of that. Moving your body language, adding functional gestures using your hands, boom, mm -hmm. now increased attention a bit more. But what happens if we change the colors in the background or if we have cars going backwards and forwards or if we have sound effects or if we add music, which is super popular on TikTok, for instance. And if you just mm -hmm. add layer on layer and layer, Got then it. you can still have people hooked. But it's always, yes. you can't value all of these equally. Today we have with us David J.P. Phillips, a triple TEDx talk speaker with 11 million plus views, author of the best-selling book, High on Life, published in 28 countries. Welcome to our show, David. Hey man, Shahid. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. I'm, I'm grateful to have you on the show here to talk to you about all the good things that you're doing we know you're very passionate about communication can you Love share yeah. a person yeah can you share a personal experience where effective communication made a significant impact on your life or on your direct career my direct career <clears throat> i'd venture to say that my first ted talk was what really helped my career take off it's today the biggest TED Talk in the world in the niche of visual presentations, oh. and it's called How to Avoid Death by PowerPoint. Hmm. And that came down to uh, the TEDx organization wanting me to pitch the idea. And in any circumstance, when you get to pitch an idea, it's rarely down to the quality of the product or quality of the service. It's more down to the quality of the pitch. That's why people can tend to sell things that aren't very good and some people can sell things that are amazing it comes down to the person who's pitching so i'd say that was probably one of the key points in my life where knowing how to communicate my message was advantageous to say the least mm. can you share some other lessons that you, you drew from that experience i think just being skilled at getting your point across, whatever that is, just helps you along. And the same thing was for my second TED Talk, The Magical Science of Storytelling. You can't just walk up and say, I'm going to do a TED Talk. You have to pitch the idea. And, and I did, and I got that one as well, which also turned out to become the biggest in the world in storytelling or in the, in the subject of storytelling with 5 million views. And wow. the, I think the third TED Talk, same thing. Like anything and everything that we do in life, it comes down to your ability to present your idea that mm. communication difference. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing when I yeah. wrote the book, it was my first book. You said 28 yeah. languages. And uh, since yeah. we booked, uh, there's three more. So it's 31 wow. languages now. And David, your communication skills were on point even before you started speaking on 10 I assume. Yeah. I'd say I practiced quite a bit before that as well, but it's definitely grown since then, yeah. 
So how do, what made you passionate about communication? Not a lot of people would just wake up one day and say, okay, my goal, my mission, my passion is communication. Maybe there are, I'm not sure, but for you, it just <laughs> seems like it came part of you, part of your being. Is there a reason behind it or is it more towards the career itself that you wanted to get into? I can't really pinpoint a particular reason. It could be several mm. several reasons. Like my, my my mom and dad, they went into psychology and philosophy and oh. communication. So I had those dialogues okay. in an early stage. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I I became depressed quite early in my life, about 21. And I think that learning how to hide my depression uh, was one of the driving forces for me becoming better at communication skills. I just... Because if I was depressed and I showed that I was depressed, then my life wouldn't have worked. So I had to cover it up somehow. And therefore, I think uh, I just became super interested in understanding how communication works from a, I guess, mm. a technical point of view. Yes, makes sense. And also your upbringing with your family, that also created that paradigm of communication. It was innate in you. And then when you saw that there was a problem, you used that automatic sense that you had within you use that as a tool to get out of it i'd say that's a, yeah i'd say a good as a good summary as any yeah i, I yeah. don't know <laughs> exact reason yeah but then as anything in life you have people who collect hubcaps they yeah. they collect anything and everything like human beings can become obsessed in any single area mm -hmm. and i just became obsessed in the area of communication skills and yeah. Men not from there. Yeah. For me, it's mindset. So I can relate because once you have that bug, it does yeah. all, you passionately do it. It doesn't matter. All your time is automatically given to that passion. It just becomes part of you. So I can see that communication is one of them. I was very much enthused to speak to you because definitely that's an area that I want to improve as well. Just doing the work that I do. At times, I get tongue twisted and uh, I'm not able to say what I feel like saying or what I'm trying to bring out from within and the only way to really truly do it is through communication to bring out what is going on within you to share that feeling or that deep essence of who you are the only way to do that is through communication if you want to spread that message at the end of the day that's that is so true. Like we are, we're just uh, organisms and the organism that communicates themselves, the better they will win. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if that's in a romantic relationship or if it's in a business situation or if it's mental health, communicating with yourself, the person mm -hmm. will consistently win. Yes. Mm. Said David, the principles of communication that you teach. How do you translate that into digital space? And what kind of advice can you give entrepreneurs that are involved on, in the online community? Various angles on that, but taking into account that Microsoft did a study on human attention span when it came to digital meetings, and the conclusion was around eight seconds. That means that when delivering a digital presentation or a digital mm. meeting, you Good have point. to be way, way more interesting than wow. if on a physical stage. 
I'm pointing you. This is a pod, so you can't really see that. But I'm pointing upwards. <laughs> okay. So this is this is a manor. It's in Sweden. It's built 1796. It's got four floors. It's massive, right? So I'm pointing in that direction because that is the main conference room. When COVID hit, we rebuilt that conference room to a digital delivery studio. And what we just realized was that in order to grab and hold attention of those that we were delivering digital um, presentations to, we just had to up it to the extreme. So in that room, we have a smoke machine, we have disco lights, we have a flip chart, we have a whiteboard, we have a 200 inch screen, we have three settings, four cameras, two studio technicians, we have uh, jingles and music and, and sound effects and video effects. And so when we broadcast, we've been doing this for Google, for Microsoft, for HP, the feedback is, this is the best we've seen. We've sat here for eight hours in Teams, and we've had this leadership training with you, and it feels like it's an hour. Uh, mm. While sometimes people can sit in a Teams meeting and die after 15 minutes, digital is not the problem. It's, it's how we approach it, which is the problem. But you mentioned the eight second rule. The eight second is where you have to capture their attention. Mm -hmm. That aspect it still requires the the setting to be engaging or interesting. Correct? Well, how you do with different cameras and the ambiance. Yeah, you just have to use as many kind of effects as possible. So, looking at mm. social media, a having a camera talking straight into the camera. So the only variation you'll be getting from that is the spoken word, right? Start changing mm. your facial expressions. There's a little bit more um, attention coming out of that. Moving your body language, adding functional gestures using your hands. Boom. Mm. Now increased attention a bit more. But what happens if we change the colors in the background? Or if we have cars going backwards and forwards? Or if we have sound effects? Or if we add music, which is super popular on TikTok, for instance? And if you just mm. add layer on layer and layer, Got then it. you can still have people hooked. But it's always, yes. you can't value all of these equally. You can't say that having lights in the background yeah. and having a bad hook, and they're, they're cover. different in power. Mm. That makes sense. Those are great points. And also, I wanted to go back to those two videos that you mentioned, the TED Talks. Are they available on YouTube? Yeah, sure. All, all three TED Talks are available on YouTube. The, mm -hmm. the last one I did where I studied 5,000 public speakers for seven years to find every skill we use to communicate is the one mm -hmm. I'd recommend to start. That's, that's truly insightful. So when you begin a, a speaking engagement of that level, do you rehearse a lot? I think I used to. Mm -hmm. And it depends on the the importance of the talk as well. In my next TED Talk, I'll probably be spending about four hours preparation per minute. <clears throat> and But I oh, wouldn't do four that. Four hours, that's the scale. So four hours of preparation for one second of speaking? One minute? Uh, yeah, a minute. Yeah, wow. So four hours rehearsal per minute. Hmm. Yeah. Learning a lot today with you, David. This is great. <laughs> so hopefully he's adding value to people as well. And by the way, this is not just audio. It's going to be on YouTube as well. So All right. Good. Yeah. Thanks for telling so, me now. Yeah. <laughs> in, in case you did something, that's what came to mind. So I wanted to make sure because you mentioned it's a pod. So yeah. I want to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, le leadership 
is it has a lot to do with managing emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. How can entrepreneurs enhance their emotional intelligence and become effective leaders? Do you have any practical tips that they can incorporate in their daily life? Uh, like, yeah, at the basis of it, that is what my fourth TED talk will be about, and that is what the oh. book High on Life is about. It's about internal communication. And the book then goes through our six neurosubstances, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, cortisol, and testosterone, and how all of these impact our emotional state in different ways. And what what's important to learn as a leader or any person is how you can, if you want to, change the concentration of each of these substances. So for instance, if a leader is going to have a very emotional talk and they need to be grounded and, and present, if they increase their oxytocin levels just prior to the meeting, they will seem more present and they will feel more present and calm. And this can be easily done by looking at videos which bring out tears in you. So anything that f makes you feel em empathetic or nostalgic will increase oxytocin levels and will change your personality compared to being a leader high on dopamine, which is very egocentric. So yeah, knowing how to harness these substances, I'd say, mm -hmm. would be a key core thing. And they can actually accomplish that through visualization exercises as well. Absolutely. If you do dopamine, for instance, which is connected to the, to the, the, to the function of anticipation of reward, as soon as mm. you think a thought which goes, oh, I want to achieve that goal and I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait until I have this and this and that. And every time you just think that thought, it produces dopamine and it puts you into drive mode. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's at, at the end of the day, you and I, Shahid, we're biological creatures. And so understanding our biology and tuning into that is, mm. would be key. Mm. So no one else in the world is, but just me and you. I'm just joking. Yeah. Just you and me. <laughs> just me and, and you. Yeah. Every single person <laughs> listening to this as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes, you know? yes. Although for sure. Do you practice presence? Like do you willfully um, yes. become present in each moment? Yeah. Is that something that helps you in your speaking engagements or in your communication as well? Oh, absolutely. And imagine this going up with high levels of cortisol and speaking. That means that you're mm -hmm. stressed, you're nervous, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. don't, you're not present at all, you're somewhere else, mm -hmm. you just focus on what you're supposed to say, you start forgetting words, you become more and more stressed, you go into fight and flight mode. That sucks. Mm -hmm. That it version sucks. of you is very yeah. different from the oxytocin version of you. Mm -hmm. The oxytocin version of you is present, aware, and they're there not to perform, but instead they're there to add value and to care for your audience as two different people. Mm. So mm. To, to the greatest extent, and testosterone has shown as well to be correlated with confidence. So therefore increasing your testosterone just prior to going up on stage will make you feel more invincible than if you didn't. So that was my next question about fear. Was there a situation where you felt a um, tremendous amount of fear and how you dealt with it? But I believe that you just answered that question. Maybe 
this is what you do for that kind of situation or if there's something different you would like to share? I guess like nervousness and fear, they're yeah. two different things. But mm -hmm. if, we, if we go back to the, one of the first life philosophers, Marcus Aurelius, he said that if you are distressed by, uh, if you're distressed by, no, yes, if you're distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but your own estimate of it. That means that fear and mm -hmm. nervousness does not exist outside of you. It is only your estimate of the situation that creates that. Mm -hmm. So if mm -hmm. you become fearful, you'll have to counteract that biological reaction by, for instance, slow breathing patterns, re relax your jaws, or relax your jaw, relax your muscles, drop down your shoulders, and do some ohm sounds to activate your vagus mm -hmm. nerve. Listen to some calming music. Breathe in through nose, through breathe out through mouth. Maybe use extrospective, an extrospective view, like counting stuff around you instead of an introspective mm -hmm. view, focusing on how you feel. So if you do all of those, your fear will go down and to mm -hmm. a certain extent away. Because remember that it's only an, your estimate of what's around mm -hmm. you. Fear does not you exist outside of you. Yeah, you're sharing some gold here. We like to say uh, it's never the situation, right? It's never the circumstance the situation. It's our thoughts and feelings about the situation. That's the problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and you articulated the answer very well because it makes complete sense. And those pointers are going to help as well. Hopefully people are taking notes here. But as you mentioned, the videos are going to have most of this stuff. <laughs> They can always go and find the, the actual TED Talks to get the nitty-gritty of what you're saying, correct? Yeah, sure. Yeah, this last bit, I cover it to a certain extent in the Magical Science of Storytelling, my second TED Talk. But mm -hmm. otherwise, pick up the book, High on Life. It's yeah. coming out in the States in May, but mm -hmm. it's being published in the UK in February. So if you can't wait, you can catch that copy first. Mm -hmm. Good. Thank you, David. So... Communication barriers, they hinder progress in, in any kind of venture. Can yeah. you share some kind of a technique that you found effective in breaking down that barrier, especially in some high stakes situations? Okay. What would the barrier be in this case? Like, give me a bit more clarification um, on that, please. They're unable to get to a conclusion two parties are not able to communicate and meet somewhere. There's a barrier between what one's saying and the other saying. How do you mellow the situation and bring it to a ground where you can actually have a proper communication? There's a barrier. There's a emotional yeah. barrier or communication barrier. <clears throat> it all depends on the context, man. But I'll share a quick story with you from a from an HR manager that contacted me with their board group. They had problems in their board group. The, the individuals in the board, they weren't communicating efficiently. They were not agreeing. And, yeah, there uh, you go. Yeah, and she asked me, you know, can you help me out with this group in any way based on the skills and knowledge that you have? And I asked her a question and she said, no, we haven't tried that. And I said, give me two hours and I think I can help you out. And then I, I went there and I used the oxytocin trick or technique. Uh, again, oxytocin will 
or ha has the possibility to make us more connected with other human beings. It, it, it can create that circumstance. Mm. So what I did then is I walked into the boardroom and I asked them to share something, uh, a setback that they've had in life, right? And everybody was happy to do that. And then I asked them to share another setback and, and a solution to that, and they were happy to do that. Then I asked them to share a setback, which they still had, but they don't know how to solve it, like in their current life. And then they did that. And then I just carried on asking them questions to share with each other, which increased in level of vulnerability as we went along. Two hours later, they were crying. You had makeup coming off. They were hugging because that is the very nature of human beings. When we dare to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. then we connect. So I it, asked them to do that. They did that. She came back to me. She said, we've done two years of various other types of exercises, replanning, and it hasn't worked. This worked. And that's human biology. So I'd say the key word is vulnerability. If you, are, if you mm -hmm. dare to be vulnerable yourself, ste mm -hmm. step back and not hold your guard up, that can evolve Allow the situation others as well. Way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great. Thank you for sharing that story. That was a wonderful answer to it. Can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? Probably hard to pinpoint that, but I'd say that the I, ha I have a high level of creativity, which is good, both good and bad, because I wouldn't say I'm specifically a great business person. I don't think about what I do from that perspective. I like creating things. Mm -hmm. And I have created, again, some of the biggest TED Talks in the world, the book coming out, won multiple similar awards because I do things differently. So I, that would probably be my, my strong suit. I'm a Very creative good. person, and I see things from a perspective that not everybody does. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't become entirely mainstream but that also means that if you're not part of the mainstream it's very hard to get in there so it's been mm -hmm. both good and bad um, but i'd say that would be one thing and, and a certain amount of discipline as well compared to what but, i've seen others do but david you're linking it to mainstream there is some kind of a link there it's not yeah completely out of whack yeah yeah so that's yeah good. it is it's obviously when mm -hmm. i looked at my TED Talk for storytelling, I went into Google yeah. Trends and I went, mm -hmm. what's hot? What is the emerging thing coming in here? And it was storytelling. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, all right, I'll build a keynote on storytelling. But it has to be different. Mm -hmm. It can't be what everybody else has done. So I chose mm -hmm. a common subject, but I did it differently, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now you have ChatGPT. <laughs> now we have ChatGPT, yeah. <laughs> Do you believe that calmness has something to do with your level of creativity? Probably the opposite. My my creativity as, is at its peak when it's forced. Mm. So I'm, yeah, interesting. So we when we bought this manor about ten years ago, we couldn't afford it, but we went with the with the good old saying that whatever you want, acquire it and then just go for it. So we did that. Go for and it, and that was horrendously stupid in one way because damn i had to work so <laughs> hard and i had to create with good come up with so many creative ideas to overcome this challenge i did yeah. it worked yeah. yeah yeah 
it was it was i don't know i wouldn't say i re i recommend the method but it works yeah it works yeah it's, uh, <laughs> that's why nike has it right just do it it's great you just did it thank you so much for coming on our show it's wonderful speaking to you and getting to to meet you and and learn about all the great things that you're doing appreciate your time keep in touch also thank you for agreeing to help us promote your episode on your network it just helps us make a bigger impact cheers thanks shade thank you, you. have a thank great you. day and to you all you too my friend enjoy life all right take care thank you bye bye, bye.